The Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and, in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. I invite the congregation to be seated. Friends, grace and peace to you in the name of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank you again and thank Pastor Leslie for the opportunity to share God's Word with you this morning, as I also thank you for being a congregational home for me this year as I was completing training at Brook Army Medical Center in hospital chaplaincy. And I'm even more honored and excited to be speaking with you today on such a great and exciting holiday as Pentecost. I'm sure everyone has been getting ready for this day for weeks, right? Getting prepared, getting your house decorated, getting the Pentecost presents bought and wrapped, getting the Pentecost cards made. You probably got the Pentecost turkey cooking in the oven to eat later today, right? No? Maybe not? Yeah, right? Pentecost, what is that? I tell people, I'm like, hey, it's Pentecost. They're like, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that, but what is, what is that about? Pentecost was actually one of the most significant church holidays in the early church. When we think about the Christian tradition and the two major holidays, what do we think of? What's the first one? Christmas and Easter, right? No, in the early church, Christmas wasn't even a thing for like 300 years. It was actually Easter and this holiday, this holiday of Pentecost. This day in which we celebrate and commemorate 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, after he has ascended into heaven, and the church receives this powerful gift of the Holy Spirit. A gift that Jesus had promised, as we hear in our gospel, that he had been telling his disciples about, that I am departing, but I am sending you this advocate, this helper, to be with you forever. We sometimes call this day the birthday of the church, in fact, as the day in which this spirit was given, was placed upon and within the believers to then go and become the church in the world. 
And sort of the classic story that we have of Pentecost comes from our reading in the book of Acts, where we have the disciples gathered together to celebrate what was then a Jewish holiday of Pentecost, also known as the Festival of Weeks, which was a harvest festival, also was tied in with remembering and commemorating the gift of the Torah, of the law being given to Moses and to the people of Israel on Sinai, now becoming transformed into this new holiday where God is giving yet again to his people, this time in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so we read in our Acts reading about this crazy scene, which every time I look at it, I try to imagine what that must have been like in that room. Perhaps they were gathered like we are here, and all of a sudden, just this raging, loud noise of wind just rushes through the space. They feel it all around them. And then suddenly they see little tongues of fire appearing on each other. And then they hear the noise of people speaking in all these different languages, suddenly being able to understand one another, which should not be the case, right? And understandably so, I think, these disciples are like, what in the world is going on? Oh, this cannot be a thing. These people must just be drunk. I don't know what's going on. This doesn't make any sense. They're filled with uncertainty and with fear at the chaos of what God is doing in their midst. Understandably so. And I find, as a Lutheran, that oftentimes even just talking about the Holy Spirit can be a moment of a little bit of fear and anxiety and uncertainty. We don't often talk as much about the Holy Spirit in our tradition, I think, for a lot of Christians. And I think kind of like with the disciples' confusion on Pentecost, kind of understandably so. It's a little easier for us when we think about God to think about God as the Father, the Creator, the one who cares for us and loves us. And then to think about God as Jesus, the Son, this this human that we can kind of relate to and we can read about his stories and adventures on earth and can kind of of relate to that. But man, this Holy Spirit thing is like, what? We get different glimpses of the Spirit in Scripture. We hear about the Spirit in the Old Testament as as the breath and and the, the Spirit moving over the waters in creation, the breath of God and And then we hear about, in Jesus' baptism, we hear about the Spirit descending as a dove, so we kind of have this dove image. And then Jesus talks about the advocate, the helper. And so we kind of have these different, like, ideas about the Holy Spirit. But it's a little bit harder to kind of nail down and be like, this is what the Spirit is and does. Though we get glimpses of of who the Spirit is in our midst. This, This helper, this creator, this sustainer, this this one who guides us and equips us to do the work that God is calling us to do. Even in our Acts story, where people were suddenly able to connect and understand and relate to one another in a way they hadn't been able to before. That God is doing these things as the Holy Spirit, even though there is still a level of uncertainty and mystery and maybe a little bit of fear. Many years before I became a chaplain, uh, I spent some time as a cadet at the U.S. Air Force Academy, and I had an experience during my time as a cadet to go through something that was, in many ways, very much a fearful yet exciting opportunity, perhaps a little bit like what happened to them on Pentecost. I had the opportunity to go through training to earn my jump wings and jump out of a perfectly good airplane five times. 
For those of you who have maybe jumped out of a plane before, you can probably relate to my experience a little bit. If you have not, something I always tell people, I highly encourage you to do at least once in your life. And if some of you may be thinking, oh, I'm way too old for that, you might have seen the story this week about Tom Rice, the Normandy veteran who jumped out of a perfectly good airplane again this week in commemoration of D-Day. So, 97, you can do it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so my experience with, with skydiving school, with jump school, uh, was much shorter than I expected. It was about a total of seven or eight days, and only three of those to train us. The rest of the time was to let us get our five jumps in. And so three days, they were going to get us all ready to jump ourselves out of a plane. So we show up to this training, and it is three very, very intense days of memorizing all the positions you have to do and all the emergency procedures and how to pull your chute and how to steer your chute. We spent a lot of time in this position, arching your back, if you can imagine. This is how you have to fly to the earth when you get out of the plane. Spent lots of time on the ground arching my back, reciting things. We got to the point where we were practicing how you stand in the door of the plane and get ready to go. And then on that third day, after you've done all this, they kind of have that final test where they string you up in the harness and you're having to go through all the procedures and recite everything while they have a guy kind of jumping on you and they're squirting you with water guns and they're throwing everything they can at you to make sure that you know what you need to do and you're ready to go. And after I completed that, my instructor said to me, all right, you guys are ready. And I'm like, it's been three days. How can I possibly be ready? But all throughout the course, they kept telling us, trust the training, trust the training, trust the training. So on day four, we get in the plane, we start to go up. There's me and five of my other scared but excited cadets sitting in that plane. As we fly up and we get ready to go, and of course my last name is S, starts with an S, so I'm the last one that gets to jump, right, because everything's alphabetical. So those of you with last names at the end of the alphabet, I know you feel me. So I get to watch all these other people <laughs> go first, and then we circle back around and it's my turn. My instructor looks at me with kind of the expected response. I knew we kind of have all these responses programmed in so everybody knows what they're doing. He looks me square in the face and he says, Cadet Swenson, are you ready to skydive? To which the affirmative response is, free fall. So I kind of cracked voice, free fall. <laughs> so he, he points to me, you, stand in the door. So I get over in the door. I'm going to pretend this is my airplane here. So I get in my position. So this is the plane. This is nothing. And so I'm standing here. My instructor's over here, I'm standing in the plane, I kind of am in a position like this, and I call out my positions, and I get all ready to go. And probably the most memorable part I remember is sticking my face out of that plane and feeling that rush of violent wind, being like, man, this is about to happen. So I turn to look at him to check in, and he says, go. And in that moment, I can honestly tell you that something took me over. And all my fear and all my anxiety and all my uncertainty just sort of disappeared. And what they told me was true. That training took over, and I went. And I did my arch, and I did my pull, and I did everything, and I made sure everything was all good, which was wonderful, by the way. Got under that canopy and floated into one of the most memorable and amazing experiences of my life. Something I never would have done, never would have had, 
had I stayed in the safety of that plane. It was hard and it was scary, <laughs> but I was able to do it because of the training that I received, because of that instructor who poured into me, who, who put his trust in me to trust in myself, and doing it with other students as well as we supported one another to get those five jumps and to earn those wings. In many ways, I think about Pentecost as sort of that day in jump school with Jesus and the disciples, where he had spent this time with them, pouring into them, teaching them, modeling for them what it means to, to love others, what it means to love people with the love of God, demonstrating fully what the love of God was as he gave his life for them on the cross and was raised on the third day to restore that relationship and secure that eternal relationship with God, forgiveness, restoration, and healing that was a promise for them and for all people. And on, on Pentecost, he departed from them and gives to them this Holy Spirit, this training that is now within them, that is equipping them to go and to stand in the door of the plane. It would be so easy for them to stay in the familiar and the comfortable, but God was calling them to step out in faith because outside the doors of that plane stood a hurting and broken world, a world that needed to hear this message of hope and love from God, that there was a God who loved them to the point of death, that there was a God who would restore his relationship to them, that there was hope and a future for them, that forgiveness and healing was possible, that they were loved, that they belonged, and that they were welcome. And God placed his training, his Holy Spirit, within his people to go and to step out of the plane, to jump and leap into the greatest adventure, despite their fear and uncertainty and anxiety, to know that God was going with them, and God was equipping them for the work that he was calling them to do. We celebrate this and what took place 2,000 years ago. But Pentecost, my friends, is still happening today. God, the Holy Spirit, is still doing this work in the world, calling us and equipping us as his church to know and to trust that in our baptism, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, that we have the training, we have what we need to step out in faith, to take that leap, to reach out to those around us who feel unwelcome, who feel as though they don't belong, who feel as though the world has forgotten them. To step out and reach out to them, to give them a place to know that they belong, that they are loved, that no matter what has happened in their lives, no matter what they have done or not done, it is not too far gone. That this love for God is there for them as well. That they need, as Jesus said to his disciples, to be shown the Father. And I see the work that this church has been doing over the past year to do just that. I have seen the way in which you create this welcoming community for me and for others, the ways in which you continue to desire to extend that welcome, the ways in which you care for those that the world would cast aside, the marginalized, the refugee, the immigrant, the homeless, the hungry. And I know that God is calling you to continue in this work today, both in your individual day-to-day -day life as you go and interact with people and as a faith community. 
And so I hope this Pentecost that you take some time today to celebrate your birthday, your birthday as a church, to think about and reflect upon this gift of the Holy Spirit that God has placed within you, that I know life and situations can be scary and uncertain, filled with doubt and fear, but that you may trust the training, trust the Holy Spirit that God has placed within you, that you can do it. You do it together. And God is calling you to step out of that plane, to step out in faith, to go and be the church and show the Father to a world that so desperately needs to see him. And so I wish you happy birthday today, church. God is calling you again this Pentecost. Are you ready to skydive? Amen. <laughs>